Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this name properly or not, but I'm quite sure it'll be corrected. Uh, Sister Nivedita, probably the wrong pronunciation. Maliki, tell me the sister's name, please. Well, I've heard it pronounced different ways. I've heard it pronounced. I've heard it often pronounced the way you pronounced it. Uh, I've asked. then uh, I've I asked Lord Rana to pronounce it for me, and he pronounced it more like Nevedita. You know, and then I asked uh, a, a, a Hindu nun in Calcutta to pronounce it for me, and she it was Nevedita. So it's uh, I, probably that's the more correct one, Neve. So the emphasis on the on the e is an a, Neve, and then the the, the latter part Dita, but it tends to be a kind of declining Dita. So Nevedita. It would be much easier, of course, to say Margaret Noble. So link the two (laughs) names together. Margaret Noble, they're the same person. Margaret Noble was born in Dungannon in 1867. Uh, She's little known in her home place. There is a blue plaque on her house now, uh, but she's very little known. There are people around Dungannon, Tyrone, like Jean McGuinness, who wrote a play about her, who have been trying to uh, redeem her her reputation or or make her significant within discussion in Ireland. Um, She's huge in India. She is revered indeed as a saint in India. She is also revered as or remembered as a nationalist revolutionary in India. Uh, I was in I I got interested in her when I was living in India in the 1970s, and I came across her name when I was reading uh, about a, a very famous Swami called Swami Vivekananda. Uh, you may not have heard of him. Donald Trump has heard of him. Louis got his name wrong when Donald Trump was addressing a big rally in in India last week. He he uh, he referenced Swami Vivekananda. And the whole crowd uh, roared approval. So every of every one of those hundred thousand people in that arena would undoubtedly have heard of Swami Vivekananda. Vivekananda was a Hindu Swami and guru and teacher. But the person who translated his works into English and made them available to the English-speaking world, uh, world was Margaret Noble, who was his disciple. And the name that he gave to her as a disciple was Nivedita. And Nivedita is, uh, uh, for instance, when I went to Calcutta last year to, to research her, I visited the home that she lived in, which is now a museum in her honor. Uh, to get to it, I had to take a taxi across the Nivedita Bridge in Calcutta, 
uh, to the Temple of Dachshinesser. Uh, no, sorry, to, that was to the Temple of Dachshinesser. Uh, the home was is, was uh, further south in the city. Um, so there, so there's a bridge across the Ganges named after her. There are schools and hospitals named after her. The home that she lived in is is a museum, and uh, so she is a hugely important figure within uh, uh, Hindu culture and within the Indian nationalist culture, uh, and uh, and that makes her a fascinating figure. And the question uh, that I think is interesting is why do we not know about her uh, when she is so such a powerful figure? And that's a question I'm addressing this afternoon. I'm giving a talk at the Public Records Office, Prony, down in the Titanic Quarter and Titanic Boulevard, between one and two. And uh, I call her the temperamental disciple She's, because I have all of her letters, all of the letters that, that are is collated by the the, uh, the order that she was associated with, not a member of, but associated with the Ramakrishna Mission in India. So I have a, I have a very... I was intimate acquaintances you can have with someone who is dead, you know, in that I've read all her letters. Um, and I'm, and I call her the temperamental disciple. I, I have a problem with anybody probably being elevated to the status of godhead or, or hero, you know, I just have a wee bit of difficulty with that. And I'm much, much more interested in the personality of the woman and, uh, and bringing her to life as a flesh and blood human being. But the question of why she has been neglected in the West, I suppose that's because when we do, when we read history here, we read it, read it with reference to the present. You know, we read about the things that that reinforce the arguments that we're making today, rather than just uh, you know uh, exploring things that uh, that. Uh, uh, are interesting but not have no bearing on today. And Nevedita Margaret Noble uh, was a disciple. She was a Christian scientist. She was uh, a disciple. She became a disciple of Swami Vivekananda. She loved him. She was completely devoted to him, uh, very much to the person of him, as much as at least as much as to the teaching of him. And she travelled with him several times to the West. Well, she travelled once with him to the West, twice I think, with him to the West uh, on on missionary uh, ventures in the United States and in Britain. Her brother lived up in Ballycastle. Uh, his house is on uh, North Road. If you're just driving out of Ballycastle, up past the wee car park that overlooks the overlooks the harbour. Uh, her brother Richmond uh, lived there. Uh, she visited um, she visited Dublin in her lifetime. She was um, she was born in Dungannon, but thought of herself as English. Went to India with a sense that the British Empire was a good thing. Quarrelled very fiercely with Vivekananda, who thought otherwise, <laughs> you know, of the British Empire. She would have changed her thinking after Vivekananda's death, which was quite. It was only a couple of years after she'd uh, arrived in India. After his death, she became involved with a revolutionary movement called Jugantar. Jugantar, she was basically teaching them uh, Indian philosophy and religion and stuff like that. But uh, who knows what else? <clears throat> Certainly, she was. Uh, suspected of sitting down with people who were making bombs. She had friends who were making bombs and carrying out gun attacks. Vivekananda's brother, uh, Bhupen, uh, 
was arrested with a pistol. She managed to get him out of the country and, and actually got her friends to pay for his education in the United States and he became a very, very significant academic uh, in, in America and Europe after that. So, so she, she worked wonders there. And she had to flee India when she was, uh, when there was a crackdown against uh, Jugantar and her, her allies in India and she, she, she came back uh, to England and to Ireland for a time to, until the heat, heat died down a bit. Um, and, uh, and she went back to India and it was a very interesting thing happened. Her, one of her allies on the Revolutionary Committee in India was a man called Aurobindo Ghosh. Aurobindo Ghosh had a religious conversion in prison and he saw, he says, that he had conversations in his prison cell with the spirit of Swami Vivekananda, uh, Margaret's guru. And I think she was quite miffed by that. I think she, because she believed in spiritualism and she believed that spirits of the dead came back and spoke to us, she was a bit miffed that he'd gone and spoken to her friend Aurobindo but had not come to her. or, or maybe she didn't believe it, you know. But anyway, it's a, it's a very interesting little story. If you were writing a novel about her life, I think that would be a, a crucial part in it. Yeah, just she just, died in the Himalayas. Sorry. Yeah, you, you, you're getting to the point where where she, she you were going to tell me that she died in the Himalayas. I'm all, I'm almost out of time on it, but I do want to put one thing to to you to you briefly, um, uh, Malachi, with, with regards to what Nigel saying. Uh, you're wondering, Nigel says, you're wondering why she isn't remembered here. She and this is his putting it in Northern Ireland speak uh, she turned her back mm. on Christ and she turned she she turned her back on Christ and she fought the Brits <laughs> is that, is well, that in yeah, yeah, any way yeah, fair well, yes. well, well it is to an extent it is from a perspective I mean, she didn't turn her back on Christ. She believed in the teachings of, uh, she believed in a Hinduism which included all religions. She believed that Christianity was true. She lamented the fact, she, for instance, she, she described herself in one of her letters as a member of the Church Catholic, you know, which is strange since she was born into a Methodist family and educated in the Church of England. So maybe she was talking about Anglican Catholicism. But she saw a big difference between Hinduism and Christianity in that Christianity said this is the solid truth and everything else is heathenism. Whereas the type of Hinduism that she was involved in was saying all religions are separate paths to the one end. And therefore, she thought, saw no contradiction in being a, a, a Christian and a, and a worshipper of the of the mother goddess Kali at the same time. Okay, that was the philosophy that she lived within. Malachi, I'm so, going to have to leave it there. It's part of International Women's Day. At, yeah, one o'clock at Prony today. Okay, that's your your, your, your Nigel. <laughs> Nigel, that's where you should go. Prony, it's just across the water there. One o'clock today. And of course, Sunday marks International Women's Day and a lot of events will be highlighting contributions from uh, women uh, during the course of this week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.